Hi, this is Annie Fox of Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Dr. Portia Jackson. Portia is the founder and the host of the daily podcast, Working Motherhood, where she interviews today's most successful and inspiring working moms. Portia is also an aerospace engineer. Yes, she's a rocket scientist, an online math and physics teacher, a wife, and the mother of two beautiful girls. Good morning, Portia, and welcome to Family Confidential. Good morning, Annie. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, I'm really excited about this because I am a working mom and have been for a really long time, though my kids are all grown up now, and I want to compare notes with you about maybe <laughs> well, how... I want to learn some things from you. <laughs> how did I do okay? Or, um, you know, what are the current struggles for working moms. So I know that you founded a website called Working Motherhood, and I want to know um, what got you into this? Well, uh, I became a new mom probably about two years ago in 2012. And so Congratulations. I had my daughter, thank you, Johanna. And then I just had my second one, Jessica, in February, no, January of this <laughs> year. So I have a two-year-old and a three-month-old. Wow. But I got into it because I'm an aerospace engineer. So that was, that's been my career for about five years now. Came straight out of grad school and started doing that. And I had always loved podcasts. And when I became a mom, I'm like, okay, I want to better myself in this area. And I didn't see anything out there that really fit what I was trying to do. So that's when I decided to create it myself. So I really wanted to be a central hub for working moms. So I want to avoid the obvious questions like, you know, what are the struggles of working moms? Because they're, you know, endless. They are. They are. And they're individual to every mom, too. So what do you hear most about the most, the most frequent struggle or conflict that working moms are dealing with? Lack of time. Um, I think even if we had 30 hours in a day that we would still find things to fill it up with. So I would say the biggest struggle really is not just lack of time, but using your time wisely. And, you know, I think a lot of moms try to do a lot of things themselves. And I think that's just like our personality type. A lot of moms I talk with are type A personalities and they want to do everything. They have a certain way of doing things. They want to control everything. But a lot of the successful working moms that I talk with have figured out how to delegate certain things and get help. And that's probably one of the number one tips that I've gotten from a lot of my guests is getting help with lots of things. And but so that this, definitely help with that struggle. Yeah, but this idea of getting help, I mean, it's kind of an ego thing, too. I can do it all. And if I have to right. delegate something, I feel maybe less of a mom. Yeah, and that's something we have to get over. Personally, that's something I've had to get over because I did like to try to do everything myself, including like cleaning the house. And even though I'm good at it, I don't necessarily like doing it. And my husband came up with um, the idea of just getting, you know, hiring some help and getting Mm -hmm. someone to come in and clean the house, um, which was different for me because I'm like, this is something I can do myself. I'm very budget conscious. So I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I don't think it's worth the money. But at the end of the day, it's totally worth it because it just saves my sanity. I don't think I've done laundry in months and I don't miss it. You know, I'm able to use that time to do other things like build up working motherhood, spend time with my girls. Um, just relax, and it's really just one less thing off my to-do list. So it's definitely worth the investment. So when I'm thinking in terms of people's budgets and, you know, working moms are working in part because the money, they need the money, and also for their own personal and career fulfillment for sure. But that idea of delegating, if it weren't something that you had to pay for in terms of getting help to come in, what other things might you delegate that wouldn't necessarily dent your budget? Well, really, you can delegate anything. And I say this a lot um, on my show, too, and even with my friends, that 
um, it doesn't necessarily have to cost you money to delegate items. So, for example, I don't necessarily like laundry, so that's something I'm comfortable outsourcing. Now, I might have hired help, but for someone who was in a position where they couldn't do that, you could do an exchange of resources with a friend or with, oh. like, a mommy circle where, let's say, they might do your laundry. Maybe you don't dislike cooking as much as they do. So maybe you can just double up whatever you're cooking for that week and you exchange that for them doing your laundry. Same thing for babysitting. It's not always about hiring a babysitter. If you have a group of friends who are, you know, maybe it's four or five of you, you guys can have a rotating schedule where one night a friend might watch, maybe not all five of you or kids at once. That could be a mini daycare depending on how it goes. But um, you could alternate. So that way, you know, you have one free night to do date night or get some chores done or go to the spa or something. And then when it's their turn, you then have their kids and they can go do the same. And it doesn't cost you anything except for some time. You know, so same thing if you like to do grocery shopping and your friend does it. Maybe you can pick up her groceries while you do yours. And I often say you can meet a lot of different moms through like meetup.com. There's different communities online. So there's lots of different resources regardless of what your budget is. I love this idea of a circle of helping moms. This is Yeah, this well, is you know, great. they say it takes a village. Yeah, it does, at least. <laughs> um, there are a lot of social networks that now focus on neighborhoods. Um, we belong to one called Next Door. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the idea of meetups, yeah, playground. <laughs> I mean, there, there are places to meet moms, a PTA. And I think your idea is brilliant because it's so simple and it meets yeah. everybody's needs. And you do what you like to do. And you're helping yeah. someone else who maybe doesn't like to do it as much. Right. Really you don't have to delegate everything either. You can always just start off with something small, especially if you have control issues like I have or maybe <laughs> had. I don't know. I'm still getting over some of those. Um, and just do something that you're okay with, you know. So if maybe if they don't fold your, t- your towels the exact way that you do, you can use that to kind of train yourself to let go of some things uh, and bring in okay. something that might be a little bit more detail-oriented. Okay, so this is this is a really interesting issue that, that you've come up with. I recently interviewed someone and we were talking about letting go of the perfect mom. Right. And I think that that's really hard for someone. Um, what what tips do you have for that? It sounds like you've experienced some of this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. She didn't fold that towel right, but <sighs> I'm going to try to relax about it. Yeah, definitely. No, I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. And some days I'm Good. better than others. But there is no such thing as a perfect mom. But there is a perfect mom for your family. And that's just you doing your best of what you can. You know, so if you think about it, some moms are really crafty, right? They have like the best little science fair projects or maybe they can cook really well and they have like the tastiest cookies. That's not me. I'm going to end up buying my cookies from the store. Um, science fair projects I'll probably do pretty well at because yeah. I'm a rocket scientist, so I can I have that part covered. But I'm really good at organizing, you know, so mm-hmm. my kids will never miss a dentist or a doctor appointment. You know, they'll always be at the best schools. They'll always, you know, have the best therapies or whatever they need for themselves. But I might not be the most creative mom, you know, so luckily my husband's creative, so he can pick up that way. So the whole point is there is no such thing as a perfect mom, but you have gifts and skills and abilities that you're naturally good at. And if you operate in what you're naturally good at, then you will be the perfect mom for your family. And that little tip about letting go of whatever anxiety or need to be perfect at everything, which is impossible. How did you learn to kind of loosen up a little bit? Well, you're just kind of forced there almost because it's like you have to 
lower the expect. I don't want to say lower the expectations, but you have to make your expectations for yourself realistic, right? Because if you try to do your best at everything, you're going to go crazy and that's going to be missing another expectation that you've set for yourself. You know, nobody sets the expectation of I'm going to be the crazy mom today. So um, <laughs> it's all about just making sure you're operating in what you're good at. And once you know to let go of that anxiety and just telling yourself that it's okay if I make a mistake and then I'm going to learn from that mistake, it kind of releases that stress on yourself. So what would you say about even starting with a list of this is what I'm really good at and this not so much? Oh, yeah. I love lists. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I said I'm organized type A, I love my list because I just can dump everything on there and I know once it's on the list, I can take care of it. So, yeah, you really should just sit down and make like a self-evaluation. And I tell this to, you know, the moms in the working motherhood to figure out what are you good at? You know, mm-hmm. what are some things that fall in line with that? And then figure out what you're not so great at and figure out how can you get, off, get that off of your plate. And I think that's the easiest way to, like you said, reduce some of that anxiety. Yeah. Um, and helping yourself learning to let go of it. So how about the idea of childcare? Um, you know, you're, you're at, you're at your job, you're, you're doing what you really love to do, hopefully, mm-hmm. and right. your kid, your kids are somewhere else. And, and there's that, that tug, you know, the worry, um, are, are they getting what they need? Um, are they missing me? I'm missing them. How can I deal with that? That kind of emotional conflict. Can you address that a little bit, please? Oh, yeah, definitely, especially since I just dropped my second child off. She started her daycare this week, actually, because I'm ending maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did to help with that transition in particular, so for moms who are coming off of maternity leave, is I started her in daycare a week early before I went back to work. And that gives you time to adjust to your schedule, like getting the morning routine going, getting back into you know, the swing of things as well as the emotional pull because yesterday I was kind of sad, you know, like you're used to being around this little person all the time and now they're in somebody else's care. So um, I would say definitely if you can, if you can afford it, do that extra week or maybe even just a couple days uh, or maybe start work on a Wednesday and have, them, you know, drop them off on a Monday to get started with that. And for people who've had their kids in childcare for a while, um, it's all about communication. You know, I'm assuming that you done the vetting process and you've dropped them off in a place where you know they're safe and secure and they're learning. Um, So just take comfort in that and know that you did the research that you needed to do um, for, you know, for where they're going to be. And that way, once you're at work, you can really just focus on being at work. And a lot of times I've heard a lot of moms that I've been able to interview say that that's how they're able to, I guess, get through that emotional tug that you mentioned is knowing and trusting that you've picked a good place for them to be. So when you're at work, it's all about work. You're just focused on that. And then when you're at home, you can completely be with your children. And that way you don't necessarily have that mommy guilt that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. You know, um, we were just recently at a meeting in the evening at a big corporation and people were leaving and I saw lots of kids coming out with them and I thought, oh, how wonderful. They've got on-site child care. And I'm sure that's reassuring to parents when they know that their kids are literally right there under the same roof, but being cared for separately. And I wonder in, in your work, how frequently do you see that in terms of the, the resources on site for working moms? 
Well, my company doesn't have that. If they did, that would be great. Um, but I know there's some of our competitors have that, and some of the contractors and customers that we work with, they have some on-site daycare. I found that usually it's the bigger companies that might have that available, um, but usually maybe some smaller startup companies might have on-site childcare as well. But um, I know one of the things I was looking for when I was choosing a daycare was having it somewhat near my job. So if I have to pick them up for doctor's appointments or um, I just wanted them close to me, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, we've had to switch daycares a couple times um, to find the right fit, but they've all been within 10 to 15 minutes of my job without getting on the expressway. So anybody who lives in Los Angeles knows that if you can avoid the, the freeways, then you've just saved about a couple hours of your life every day. So I'm able to, you know, easily get to my, my children, even though I don't have on-site daycare. So let's talk just, just as we're wrapping up here, because I'm kind of seeing this as a, as a day, you know, a day where um, you delegated some of the stuff that you, you found you could and, and you'd let go of some of the anxiety because you knew that your, your child was in a safe place and having fun and socializing, all that stuff. You were focused on work and now it's the end of the day. You've picked up your kids and you're home together. How is that different when you've taken care of all these things? I'm hoping it's it's a, a more peaceful evening for the family. Well, yeah, because um, like I said, having a lot of systems in place and being organized, um, even if you're not naturally organized like you know some people might not be, um, still having those systems in place so you know that, okay, when they come home, you know maybe you clean out their bags and get them prepared for tomorrow, or you might have all these things done once they're in bed so you can actually enjoy your time with them. And it's more relaxing, you know. You can able to, you can be able to spend time with them and um, focus on what they like to do. I know my little girls are still very little; they're two and three months old. So sometimes playing with them, I'm just like, "Are you guys bored? I don't know what else to do with you guys." So it just depends on the age of of your children as well. Sure. Sometimes they're so exhausted from all the fun they're having all day that they come home and they go to sleep, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa we have two more hours before you're supposed to go to sleep." So. Sometimes the schedule and the systems don't always work the way that you want them to. Right. But I can imagine that mom, who is relaxed, is really going to enjoy her time and be less conflicted maybe in the morning when it's time to start up again the whole routine because you know that your time with them is really quality time. Exactly. And that's why it was all about, you know, making sure you're picking out a quality daycare for them and trusting that they're okay during the day. So when you're at work, you can really focus on doing the work so that you can actually get your work done. So when you go home, you're not stressed about, oh, I still didn't finish this project or I still have two more hours to work on this or, you know, I'm still trying to get some chores done. Like if you really could put a system in place where you have, maybe you don't do all your chores on one day. Maybe you spread them out during the week or whatever works for your family. Um, that will help you when you're with your kids to have, to be intentional about that time. And one more thing, um, if you are fortunate to have a supportive partner who's part of this parenting gig, yes. <laughs> um, what tips can we give to that person? I would say to recognize the strengths and the weaknesses in your partner and help them with the weaknesses without calling them weaknesses. So like with my husband, I think one of the things I expected him to do was to pick up for some of the things that you know was starting to get overwhelming, but that's not what he wants to do. So his solution actually worked out for both of us. Instead of him doing the laundry or other things around the house, you know, he was able to suggest that we get help, you know, get outside help. Mm -hmm. So for the partners, I would just recommend just really 
you know, asking your spouse what their needs are and trying to find creative ways to fill that. And it might be different than what they're expecting you to do. So really just kind of keeping that those lines of communication open. Yeah, I can imagine that if resentments build up and you start nagging, that's not a good thing for your relationship nor for the environment you're bringing your children up in. Exactly. That's not going to help. That's just going to make things worse. It's going to make things worse. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're just about out of time now. And I wanted to um, give you an opportunity to let our listeners know where they can find out more about your work. Okay, great. Well, um, all the listeners of Family Confidential can find more information about Working Moms at workingmotherhood.com. We're a community of working moms from all different backgrounds. So regardless of um, your marital status or the age of your kids or what your profession is, you can find support there. And we're a daily podcast. And like I said, you can find us at workingmotherhood.com. That's great. Thank you so much, Portia, for this time. This has been really helpful. Okay, thank you, Annie. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century, available on Amazon, in print, and for Kindle. And tune in next week when my guest will be Alice Lynn of the Imagination Foundation. Imagination Foundation is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to find, foster, and fund creativity and entrepreneurship in kids around the world. It also seeks to raise a new generation of innovators and problem solvers. See you next time, and until then, happy parenting! Mm-hmm.